Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Yesterday was as busy of a Minnesota national political news day in my 25 years. That, my friends, is Blois Olson. And Blois, if you know him, is a very busy man. So for him to say this was one of the busiest days, he's got a lot going on. He's joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. He is also the author of The Morning Take. Please subscribe to that. Um, hey, buddy, have you recovered? Oh, yeah, this is, yeah. you know, I mean... <laughs> Just because it's a busy day like you, it doesn't mean that like you get to sleep in today or no, really, you got to wake no. up and see what happens today. And busy days are awesome, and, uh, right? That means much there's a quieter lot than yesterday. Mm-hmm. I get yeah, it. there I is. Get it. And, okay, and, so and, talk, talk and, to us about why you were so busy. Was it the Emmer stuff? Was it the Phillips stuff? What were your tops? It was the combo platter of the two of them. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. remember in a non-election year not close to an election day where you had two Minnesota members of Congress, (laughs) not just in the national news, driving the national news, Mm -hmm. literally being the news. And I was just recounting this to some people from DC who were checking in and they said, so I'm following the Emmer speaker thing. And then my buddy, Jason to Russia texts me and says, see my tweet in five minutes. I have the Phillips bus and sends me a picture. And I'm like, of course, only in Minnesota would we have these two things happen at the same time at our station. And by the way, that's great. It's good. It's news. It keeps us lively and stuff to talk about. Were you surprised about uh, the Phillips stuff? I mean, of course, there have been rumblings. But honestly, people people that I have asked that I thought were close to um, Dean's organization said, no, it's not going to happen. Were you hearing no, no, no until it was a resounding yes? I was hearing it's not going to happen. He's not going to run until probably two weeks ago. And then... I started to get some sources in D.C. saying, he's starting to talk to pollsters. He's starting to really think about this. He's starting to hire staff. He's making calls to New Hampshire. And I was like, huh, really? Okay. And then I checked in, and and I got a lot of stay tuned, stay tuned, which is political Mm -hmm. speak of, I'm not ready to tell you yet. And by the way, it's not a hard no. And so that was there. And, you know, the irony was, I mean, when somebody you know, and I've known Dean Phillips for 25 years, is that close, you have access that you don't traditionally have. And so I'm not saying I had a ton of access, but you can read people you know. And and I could start to read that this was real and um, and that he's decided to do it. So you think it's a good move? 
And also, what is the true motivation? Because now I've been hearing like, okay, Dean's not really going to run for president, but he's vying for a vice presidential spot. What do you think is is really happening here? Is it a true presidential, you know, run? Speculation in politics is really cheap. Everybody's got it. And what I would say is I believe that he, after many discussions – some some people motivating him, pushing him, suggesting it, that he thinks we have to have an honest conversation about the direction of the country and that it's probably not going to happen if it's Trump versus Biden. So he thinks, hey, if I can spark a little about a little conversation about that, maybe it gets bigger. Who knows where it goes? Dean Phillips doesn't need a job. He doesn't need to do this. Mm -hmm. He's doing this because he thinks it's good for the country or good for his party. And because, by the way, if you woke up and you read Twitter about what people say about Dean Phillips from his own party right now, it wouldn't be an ego boost. It would be a why would you put yourself through this? And anybody who's Mm -hmm. willing to do that, I think, deserves at least an honest conversation. I think that's what he's going to talk about. I think he's going to talk about kind of the, the people in the middle who are not turned on by Joe Biden or Donald Trump and frankly are regretting or not even wanting to turn on their TV in 2024. Yeah, I get it. I don't want to turn on my TV either. But what do you think Dean's chances are? Uh, it's a very, very long shot. And I think that the opportunity will be if he shows Biden is vulnerable then the opportunists who really want to be president will jump in and then Dean will have kind of sparked the fire that, you know, Billy Joel song. I didn't start the fire mm-hmm. like that. They'll come in and say that Dean started the fire. I'm just here to put it out. And I think that history shows that that's possible. And if he shows Biden is vulnerable, I can see either Biden dropping out or somebody else mm-hmm. jumping in. And it's October of 2023. We have a year of this and we have four months, five months before the New Hampshire primary, which Joe Biden won't participate in because his party tells him it's not going to be, you know, a legitimate primary. It could also split the ticket and possibly reelect if President Trump is legally, you know, allowed to, to run. I mean, aren't Democrats afraid that that will you know, divide their party and give President Trump an opening? Yes. And the older I get and the more I observe those voices that are always worried about the what if this happens in politics Mm -hmm. are always going to worry rather than what I sense and get is that the vast, vast, vast majority of Americans and Minnesotans just want somebody to hear what they're saying. They're not on Twitter. They're not on cable news. They're not watching cable news. And frankly, Jordana, they're not listening to our station every day about this. They're listening to music. They're streaming it. They're listening to podcasts because they're totally turned off by it. And somebody needs to turn them back on to democracy. 
How do you think, I mean, is that even possible or is that like Dean's purpose? Cause he's younger and I think, I mean, he, is that his I think he does feel a purpose mm-hmm. on this. I do at his mm-hmm. core. I think he feels a purpose on this. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's rare in politics today. Mm-hmm. I think it's rare that people get to Congress and try to have conviction of their purpose rather than, you know, conviction of getting stuff done. That's not to say all Congress is bad. I just think it's a really tough place to operate, especially for somebody who's used to being an executive. Yeah, it is. Uh, let's switch uh, because we only have a few minutes left. Uh, the yeah. Tom Emmer debacle. You know, I, I look me him being a moderate and being not an election denier. I thought, oh, okay, maybe the Republican Party is getting this straightened out. And um, he'll be a viable candidate. We know that lasted, the hopes of that lasted three hours. Where are we today with this Mike Johnson, who um, is a MAGA Republican? Sounds like he has the votes. He'll get, become the speaker. Really? Uh, there's, well, that's, that's, that's the current. I, I mean, I, I was just reading a little bit ago. There, there is a sense. Now, people had that sense about Tom Emmer 36 hours ago. So, um, anything's possible. It only takes five. Um, I, but I, it, until Donald Trump is not the voice of the party and the Trump loyalists don't have the sway of five votes, it's going to be really tough for anyone who is not Trumpy to be a leader in that party, period. It, it's going to be tough for them to not be a nominee for Congress, for the legislature, all those things. Um, what will this kind of leadership in the House, uh, will it change anything? The fact that he is sort of a, well, he, I'm sorry, I don't mean sort of, a right-wing fringe candidate or speaker. Well, I think the word fringe is, we don't, I don't know him, but... Look, he's a conservative. Conservative. He's loyal to Trump. He held a role in um, denying the election and, and questioning it. We will find out very soon because the negotiation to keep the federal government running will illustrate very quickly whether or not he is able to cut a deal with the White House or shut down the federal government. And that will tell us how um, willing and able he is to be um, a, a compromiser on one hand and a diplomat on the other for democracy. What did I not ask you? What else do the listeners need to know today? Uh, I don't know. What else I, you watching? I'm, I'm running out or of takes it? after the last 24 yeah. hours, Jordana. <laughs> you need a nap. You know, what uh, I would it say has is been that, busy. that in both, in both cases – dissent is no longer welcome in either party amongst the core activists. So sad. And that's not good for democracy. It's so sad. It's so sad. I know you're watching all this uh, President Trump's, Trump stuff, you know, the Michael Cohen Trump you yeah. know, side eye yesterday, uh, the Jenna Ellis uh, debacle. I mean, do you honestly think that President Trump could ever go to prison? I don't get a sense of that, but I'm also not a mm-hmm. lawyer. I just think... I, I just think we're in for a really, really, really long 13 months here, Jordana, and probably 15 months if you think about the inauguration in 25. I think I so might have to So I'm going to go hiatus. make more coffee. Yeah. I'm going to make more coffee, <laughs> and we're going to have a similar conversation about 97 times in the next year. 
I know. Can I can I take a sabbatical for the next fifteen months? I might need that to maintain my sanity. Uh, you talk you to Brad Lane friend. about that, and if that works yeah. for you, you let do. me know. But that does not uh, well, mean that I want to do three hours of radio every day on this topic. Trust me. Uh, 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 you might have to, my friend. You might. Uh, Bloy Olson, everyone. Yeah. Please subscribe to The Morning Take if you don't already. You can hear them all the time on this radio station. Thanks, my friend. Go make some more coffee. Sounds good. See ya. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.